This is Chris Dufault. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Crookston, Minnesota. I'm pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have reports from Tyler Donaldson and Whitney Pittman. Blizzard conditions are being seen at this hour in the nation's midsection. This system extends all the way from central Oklahoma through eastern Kansas, Nebraska, and throughout Iowa. There's also a line of snow extending from Sioux Falls to Duluth this morning. The far northern plains is getting a break from the snow today, but there is another chance of light snow tomorrow and into the weekend. By Saturday, many areas will have daytime highs that are below zero. Temperatures vary widely across the upper Midwest and northern plains this morning. Wolford, which is in north-central North Dakota this morning, had a low of 14 below zero. Endon is also reporting Botano and Candu at minus 12. The Senate is back in session and the House will reconvene tonight. Over the weekend, congressional leadership reached an agreement on a $1.6 trillion spending package. A continuing resolution for USDA spending expires January 19th. Congress rejected the Ag Appropriations Bill in September due to a controversial measure involving the Food and Drug Administration. That issue will need to be resolved before the Ag Spending Bill can move forward. It'll be March at the very earliest before Congress can bring the Farm Bill to the floor. House Agriculture Committee Chair Glenn G.T. Thompson made that point at a farm show in his home state of Pennsylvania. Thompson said at least three weeks are needed from the time it leaves his desk and uh, through the Agriculture Committee onto the House floor for a vote. Thompson indicated House Speaker Mike Johnson supports that timeline. Most traders are scoring books ahead of Friday's USDA reports. Country futures market analyst Daryl Holliday's not sure we will see a little short covering bounce ahead of the report. I really think the low, we will. this is either right before or right after the report, I think the all these things, well, I won't throw wheat in that category, but I think it would be the same. But corn and beans especially, I think, will hit a low either right before right. What I mean by that is the numbers are bearish, will go down low, and will come, we'll come back. But uh, these, but I'm going to be short-lived because the overall fundamental picture is still very, very difficult. You know, we, we're sitting here looking at soybean meal today at $366 a ton. That's at 370 and it just wasn't a month ago. We were banging on 440 and 450 and that's... That's because of the South America influence. Holiday says South American production will be watched closely. Uh, USDA not only looks at all of our grade numbers, but updates on their Argentina and Brazil numbers production-wise, see where there's what they think, and at the same time, then we'll get the updates on the supply demand on the beef and the pork and the poultry, which oh, I find interesting to see if they continue to if they if they bump some of this pork and beef production up in 24. I don't think they will, but I, they might have to a little bit in the port. Ag Resource Company President Dan Bossi spent some time in Brazil over the Christmas and New Year's holiday. Bossi says the crop in Mato Grosso does not look good. We did not like what we saw. The The, the crop is stunted. Uh, it's, it's populated poorly. Uh, it's not branching. And when we look at yield analysis, it's going to be somewhere between 30 and 50 percent below last year. I mean, I don't think people understand when a place like uh, Mato Grosso, which has sandy, loamy soils, endures a drought with short season soybeans, which are usually 99 to 105 days. 
uh, without drought tolerance that the crop really doesn't do very well. And Bossy lowered his expectation of Brazil's soybean crop. We dropped our estimate for Brazilian soybeans to 150 million metric tons, but we're fearful we're heading down to the 140s, mid-140s, if everything else in the country goes right. But we've also got some weather issues that are starting to develop in Paraná, Mato Grosso de Sol, and some other areas that we need to watch or pay close attention. And follow the harvest data. I mean, we'll still need another 10 days, but I'm sending another tour down there to really do a deeper dive into Mato Grosso. But we're concerned that maybe yields will be down 20% for the state, which is a big deal for the long-term direction of soybean price. The South Dakota legislative session kicks off today, beginning with Governor Kristi Noem's State of the State Address. A rally was held yesterday in the Capitol Rotunda calling for private property rights and eminent domain reform. The South Dakota Ag Alliance was created in response to the proposed carbon pipeline projects, and they were behind yesterday's rally. Keep in mind, Potato Expo going on in Austin, Texas this week. The Red River Farm Network will be broadcasting from Austin, Texas and Potato Expo. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. North Dakota Corn Growers Association hosted Lieutenant Governor Tammy Miller for a tour of an ethanol plant. Corn Growers Executive Director Brenda Elmer says it was a chance to highlight how this additional market has expanded the corn industry in the state. You know, it's just really been beneficial to have that market really have grown over that time period. And, um, you know, in part why we've really expanded production of corn in the state. And then, of course, throughout the tour, you know, we were able to uh, talk about some of the kind of emerging issues. Um, you know, the ethanol plant talked about, uh, you know, states like California and now Canada uh, adopting a low carbon fuel standard, where, whereas, uh, you know, ethanol uh, producers need to have a certain carbon score or lower to be able to sell into that market. Elmer says carbon sequestration was discussed at length with producers concerned both about strengthening markets and personal property rights. From a corn grower's perspective, our leaders value private property rights and related issues. So, you know, of course, we got to talking a little bit about carbon capture and sequestration. From the ethanol producer's point of view, that is really uh, the biggest way they can reduce that carbon score. There are two plants in North Dakota that have their own um, carbon capture project that are up and going, but the others, you know, they they are proposing to be a part of the multi-state uh, pipeline um, to be able to sell into those markets. That was an interesting conversation as well. USDA's Risk Management Agency is educating farmers about the available livestock insurance programs. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Risk management specialist Cody Loverkamp says historically livestock risk protection and livestock gross margin products have been underutilized. LRP and LGM um, had been around since the early to mid 2000s and for the most part were heavily underutilized. Now the participation in LRP has kind of uh, increased dramatically but LGM haven't really seen that big increase like we have under LRP. Um, so historically LGM had been offered only once per month um, but here the last couple of years we made changes to 
markets where LGM is now offered on a weekly basis. So producers can now come in and purchase LGM once per week. Um, another thing that uh, the change with LGM is we added subsidy to all three programs. So historically, LGM Dairy had been the only program that had subsidy available. Um, now LGM Cattle and LGM Swine both have subsidy as well. Changes have been made recently to make these protection tools more available to producers. LGM is a livestock gross margin product. It'll take into consideration the market value of the livestock or the milk minus the feed cost. And so LGM is available for dairy producers, cattle producers, and swine producers. It'll use CME to establish those margins. The, the indemnity is the difference between the gross margin guarantee and the actual gross margin. So pretty straightforward with that piece of it. Uh, one thing that is different with LGN versus LRP is the fact that there are no head limits. So uh, it doesn't matter how big a producer you are, you can utilize LGM and ensure all your head. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Federal appeals court has reversed a lower court ruling dealing with undercover video surveillance of livestock and poultry farms. Iowa passed this law three years ago, increasing the penalties for animal rights activists who use hidden camera video to document the treatment of animals. A three-judge panel in the St. Louis district ruled this law protects private rights, uh, privacy rights and prevents the theft of trade secrets. In a separate decision, the appeals court determined it is illegal to knowingly make false statements on job applications to gain access to the business. That would include animal rights activists lying on their job application with a plan to hurt the farm. The Minnesota Deer Farmers Association is suing the state of Minnesota over its moratorium on new deer farms. That ban was put in place by the legislature this past year to limit the spread of chronic wasting disease. The lawsuit contends the state cannot directly link CWD in wild white-tailed deer with farm-raised deer or vice versa. With the closure of the Crookston Inn and uh, Convention Center, Wednesday's Small Grains Update Meeting will be held at the Northwest Research and Outreach Center on the University of Minnesota campus. The program begins with lunch at noon. Again, please note the new location for this meeting. Reporting Agriculture's Business, this is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The Corporate Transparency Act goes into effect this year and brings it with it uh, a reporting requirement that is flying under the radar of many inside the ag community as well as outside. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson has more on the upcoming new law. The Corporate Transparency Act is a federal law that helps detect and prevent criminal money laundering and other varieties of fraud. And it's a law that Executive Director of the National Agricultural Law Center, Michael Pittman, says many farmers may be unaware of. You will go through a process. It applies to everybody. When I say everybody, I mean ag and non-ag. It kicks in this year, and so far, every audience we've talked to is completely surprised to hear about it. We began kind of throwing in some presentations last year, and the real kicker is that it does have penalties, including criminal penalties, inside of it. You know, it may be unlikely that a criminal action will be brought in most circumstances, but that is on the books. It is something to be aware of. So a lot of these operations, they may be a general partnership with LLCs underneath it, and people may have more than one business entity and so forth. So this is something that people are going to need to know. An estimated 32 million businesses are expected to be impacted by the new law. The real underlying kicker here is that it looks like it's nobody's job to tell anybody this thing is out there. It's not something people would intuitively know about. Attorneys who do estate planning might not be aware of this. 
it's something more likely operations might need to go to their attorney or attorneys that learn about it might need to mail all their clients and say, hey, this is something that we're going to need to do. CPAs, same thing. They may not necessarily know about this reporting, but they need to do it. Different secretary of state's offices or whatever name they go by, they need to know more about it where they can put it on their website, for example, and give notice to people that there's this filing requirement that's going to follow the business filing. But that's a big one. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. Cancer has claimed the life of North Dakota state climatologist Adnan Accuse. Accuse, who is 63, has been with NDSU for more than 17 years. Before that, Accuse had a similar role in Missouri. We have some green on the screen this morning. Higher prices for wheat. Minneapolis wheat, three and three quarter better for March at 706 and a quarter. Chicago wheat for March, a gain of two and three quarter cents. And hard red winter wheat, KC wheat, four and a quarter higher for March. March corn, a penny gain, 456. July gaining a penny as well. The soybeans, March 1248 and a half, a three cent gain. Soybean uh, for May, four and a quarter higher. Soybean meal is down a dime right now, while soybean oil is 46 cents to the plus side. Plenty on the farm calendar right now. The 54th annual Sugar Beet Research Reporting Session is going on this morning. They're starting with registration at 7.30, and uh, the program itself will begin at 8. That's at the Holiday Inn in Fargo. If you're looking at research, uh, what's happening with crops in the sugar beet industry, today is your day. Uh, Small grain update meetings underway across the region. Uh, They're in Dilworth at noon today. Tomorrow, an 8 o'clock start in Ada, and uh, also tomorrow in Crookston. Again, note the new location. We've had the closure of the Crookston Inn and Convention Center, and so the small grain update meeting in Crookston has moved to the Northwest Research and Outreach Center on the University of Minnesota campus. Again, uh, their program will start with lunch at noon, but note that new location if you would. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.